Greetings and blessings from sea to shining sea. I'm Dr. Jeffrey, your host for Narrative Wars. Coming up in today's program, we've got sound bites featuring Pastor Andy Stanley of North Point Community Church, Atlanta, Georgia, Franklin Graham, and more. You don't want to miss this. We the people are sick and tired. Let's peel back the curtain of confusion to shed light upon the mainstream media madness. And now, Narrative Wars with your host, Jeffrey K. Lyons. We the people are sick and tired. So tired. Thank you for joining us. I'm Dr. Jeffrey. You're listening to Narrative Wars, where we do peel back the curtain of confusion regarding mainstream media madness. Hey, if you're out there and you've been tearing your hair out um, and it just feels like you're listening to lie after lie when you're listening to the mainstream media, please turn the mainstream media off or maybe only listen for a few minutes a day. And listen to this program, because we're going to take it apart. We're going to deconstruct the mainstream media madness. Hey, here's the first story. Now, you got to dial back the clock. Let me set this up for you. Okay, let's go back, if you can remember, to the year 2020. I know a lot of you want to forget that year, but it happened and it changed everything in America. Everything is different. Similar to September 11, 2001, Nothing is the same after the events of 2020 when we went into the COVID lockdown madness. Well, July 15, 2020, there was a piece done by CNN with Kate Boldwin. Now, the piece was called Megachurch Pastor, Worship Services Are Not Essential. So let me set the stage for this. Um, the story had to do with Atlantis, Atlanta's North Point Ministries, the pastor's Andy Stanley, one of the largest megachurches in the United States of America, um, multiple locations. I believe they have seven in the Atlanta area, but they've got other uh, branches and they've got, um, of course, a television ministry that goes across the United States and arguably it could be picked up across the world through the internet. So tens of thousands, possibly over 100,000 people. We don't really know. In the Atlanta area, about 30,000, they're saying, are um, part of this church. Well, the reason for the story, megachurch pastor, worship surfaced, excuse me, talking too fast, worship services are not essential. Okay, let's give this a listen. We'll discuss. Another big announcement, this time out of Georgia. One of the largest megachurches in the country, North Point Ministries, has just said that it is suspending all in-person worship for the rest of the year. This is a church with seven locations in and around Atlanta, ministering to more than 30,000 people every Sunday. Joining me right now is the pastor of North Point Church, Pastor Andy Stanley. Pastor, thank you for being here. It does not go unnoticed when a pastor of, with your reach says that he can't keep his congregation safe. What are you seeing that led you to this decision? Well, first, Kate, thanks for having me on. Um, this really was, the context of our decision was we want to love our neighbors. We want to be a good neighbor and we want to love our neighborhoods and we're for our communities and we don't want to accidentally do something to our communities. 
And uh, you, you understand this, your viewers understand this. We have to go to the grocery store. We have to go to the drugstore. We have to go to work. We don't have to go to church. We don't have to go to church. We don't have to go to church. Okay, let's, let's put, a, put a hold on that statement. Now back up to what she said earlier. Back up to what Kate Boldwan said earlier. Let's, let, let's give this a listen and we'll pause it. Listen again. Another big announcement, this time out of Georgia. One of the largest megachurches in the country, North Point Ministries, has just said that it is suspending all in-person worship for the rest of the year. This is a church with seven locations in and around Atlanta, ministering to more than 30,000 people every Sunday. Joining me right now is the pastor of North Point Church, Pastor Andy Stanley. Pastor, thank you for being here. It does not go unnoticed when a pastor of with your reach says that he can't keep his congregation safe. He can't keep his congregation safe. Okay, so we have two assertions in this opening statement before he even begins. But he can't keep his congregation safe. That's the first assertion. And then when we listen to him, Pastor Andy, he says, we don't have to go to church. Okay, let's, let's deconstruct both of those. He can't keep his congregation safe. Where, where in the Bible does it say, anywhere, that that is the goal or the part of the job description of a pastor, to keep his congregation safe? Answer, nowhere. In fact, Jesus said that in this world you will have tribulation. And one of the parting words that Jesus gave to Peter, the one we call the Apostle Peter, Jesus told him how he was going to die. And as history tells us, Peter was crucified. Jesus didn't keep Peter safe according to our earthly understanding of what is safe. In fact, all of the apostles... All of them died martyrs' deaths, with the exception of one, we're told, and that's John. John, who went to the Isle of Patmos, he received the revelation. We have the book of Revelation, or the revelation of Jesus. But we're told that John was tortured. Some uh, tradition has been handed down that says John may have been even boiled in oil, which should have killed him, but apparently it didn't. So they said, well, we can't kill this guy. All right, let's send him off to this island. No problem. Won't bother us over there. Yeah, and then he gets the revelation of Jesus that we have. Last book in the New Testament, which is apocalyptic. It is last days. It is prophetic. And we still scratch our heads because we don't understand all the symbolism in it. But the point is, nowhere in the Bible does it say a pastor's job is to keep the people safe. This is absolutely absurd. And um, really, Pastor Andy Stanley should have just swatted that down. He said he should have come out right out, right out of the gate and said, you know, okay, thank you for this interview, but it's not the job of a pastor to keep um, the congregation safe. Jesus said in this world... You will have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. 
the first century Christians, second century, third century, they all suffered persecution, and Christians continue to be persecuted, and they're dying for their faith, even as we're making this program today and listening to this program. So, okay, it's it's just a ridiculous assumption, ridiculous assertion, and um, it should have been swatted down. So, he continues, um, the or the interview begins, and... Pastor Andy says that we're going to shut down the church because church is not essential. Oh, okay. Got another problem there. Hmm. Church is not essential. So where does that come from? Hmm. Church is not essential. Wait, wait. Isn't there a scripture somewhere that says don't forsake the assembling of yourselves together? Yeah. Yeah, it's in the Bible. It's in the Bible somewhere. And in fact, we know we know that Christians met underground in Rome for a number of centuries in what we call today the catacombs. Basically, they were underground graveyards. People didn't want to meet down there. Or excuse me, the average person didn't want to stroll around down there. But the Christians met there in order to avoid persecution. And so they met there. So this is part of human history. This is part of the history of Christianity. Um, Pastors just continued to do what they do. You can read the history. You can read about Polycarp and the early Church fathers, many of them were martyred. Many. I've been to Rome. I've been to the Colosseum. It's a real place. And there were people that really did die in the Colosseum. It's never been the job of pastors to keep their congregations safe. And secondly, yes, we're supposed to meet together. We're supposed to. They did not stop meeting together. So we have two big problems, two really big problems right out of the gate. Well, let's continue on with our our next piece. And um, this is a ABC News piece. ABC News. Blessing by way of medicine. These pastors preach COVID-19 vaccination is God's healing power. Hmm. Wow. That's interesting. Um, Preach COVID-19 as God's healing power. Huh. That's interesting. So, this first piece that we're going to listen to is just a little slice out of the story. The whole story is about eight minutes, but we're not going to listen to the whole thing. We're just going to listen to a few pieces of it. So the first slice is the introduction to the piece. And um, again, it's called Blessing by Way of Medicine. These pastors preach COVID-19 vaccination. It's God's healing power. So um, the cue up for this story is that, hey, people aren't taking the jab quickly enough. They need to take it quicker. So we need to get the pastors involved uh, so that they will get the jab themselves and tell the people that attend their churches to get the jab also. So let's listen to this intro. 
Houses of worship across the country have been offering up their sanctuaries as vaccination sites, as vaccination rates have risen to nearly 2.4 million a day. But it's not just the brick-and-mortar endorsement of vaccine acceptance. Faith leaders across the country have been preaching the gospel of the COVID-19 vaccine, both in favor and against. ABC's Terry Moran brings us this report on the debate between faith and science. Preaching the gospel of the COVID-19 vaccination. Give me a break. I, I Really, I, I, I think I need some uh, duct tape around my head because it's about to explode. The gospel is a very simple message. It's that God sent his son to earth. His son was Jesus Christ. Christ ministered. He healed the sick, raised the dead. He was he was he died he was crucified on a roman cross 3 days later rose from the dead and he proved that everything he said was true and he proved that he was the son of god by coming back from the dead so and through belief in his god's son we can have eternal life now very simple that's what the gospel has always been the gospel of covid-19 vaccination Give me a break. Give me a break. No, there's no such thing as the gospel of COVID-19 vaccination. There was an um, incessant preaching and a beating of the drum. Uh, people are sick. People are dying. People are in the hospital. And so you need to get this jab. You need to get this jab. Forget the fact that it hasn't been tested properly. Forget that the only reason that it's out is because of an emergency use authorization. Forget the fact that the trials and, and what happened in the trials was buried and the pharmaceuticals don't want to tell you what really happened. No, forget all of that. Just line right up and take this jab. No, forget that. Forget the fact that famous people like Eric Clapton took the jab himself. He was not an anti-vaxxer, but he was paralyzed for over two weeks. Couldn't play his guitar. Thought he could never play guitar again. No, no, no. Forget that fact. Forget the fact that other people are taking it and dying. No, 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 no. We're not going to listen to that. Just line up, take the jab, take the jab. Well, I guess you can tell that I'm not for the jab. And uh, I don't even want to call it a vaccine. Um, there, there's no such thing as the vaccine, the COVID-19 vaccine. Three main manufacturers are Pfizer, Moderna, Johnson & Johnson. There may be others in the future, but the fact is they're not all exactly the same. So there's no such thing as the vaccine. There are these vaccines. Secondly, the definition for vaccine was actually changed. The traditional definition for vaccine vaccine has always been the same. It's a, a dead form or a very weakened form of a virus is given to a person who is healthy and not infected. And the reason it's given is so that you can build up an immunity. So your body will be able to fight or create defense systems internally in order to combat the real disease when it comes along. It'll be ready for it. Sort of like practicing football before actually playing against a team the coming weekend. Huh, that's an interesting idea. So anyway, the other reasons I'm against the jab, well, 
How about the fact that it was wall-to-wall fear? Fear, 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 fear. ABC, NBC, CBS, CNN, the Communist News Network, Fox fell in line. They're all saying the same thing. People are dying. People are dying. Got to take it. Got to take it. So there was this incessant drumbeat of fear, incessant drumbeat of fear. Thirdly, we had this person all of a sudden come out. Hey, I'm, I, I am science, Anthony Fauci. I am science. And if you don't listen to me, then you're not scientific. There's something wrong with you. What a joke. What a joker. Listen, I have a PhD in communication. I've been to scientific conferences. And the fact is nobody stands up and says, I am science. I know everything there is to know about the field of communication. Or, or this area, or that area that I happen to be studying, mass media, persuasion, whatever it happens to be. I'm science, I know everything. Nobody does that. Nobody does that. If they did that, they'd be laughed right out of the convention center and onto the street. But Fauci knows that the majority of Americans don't understand how science works. They don't understand that, that science is... Well, an important part of science, really, a fundamental principle of science is criticism. When somebody comes out with a new theory, somebody comes out with a new data set, somebody comes out with a new, some new findings, a particular, in the medical field, it could be a protocol, it could be a new medicine, it could be a way of administering that medicine, maybe a discovery of a disease that others aren't aware of. But when that happens, people listen, they look at the data set, perhaps they criticize, and it's a good thing. Where did you get that data? Under what circumstances did you get that data? Where did you collect it? Was it verified by more than one lab? Can I take a look at the data set? Can I review it also? Can I go there myself and draw my own samples and verify it using a different lab? And this is the way science works. Nobody stands up and says, I'm science. So absolutely ridiculous uh, that that was going on. And there's a myriad of other reasons. But let's jump back. Let's jump back into this piece, okay? And folks, if you haven't figured it out already, this is narrative wars. What we do is we deconstruct the mainstream media madness. We listen to the stories and then we think about those stories and we think about the lies that they are telling us and how they're constructing those lies and we're taking them apart. Now, there may be something they're saying is true. Perhaps they're talking about a hurricane that hit somewhere. Okay, well, that's pretty easy to find out. Did a hurricane hit? Yeah, it did. And hit on this day. But that's not what we're talking about here. What we're talking about here is forcing over 300 million people to be locked down, to be locked down in their homes. We were told, hey, it's only going to be two weeks. Well, that two weeks turned out to be two years. Yeah, that was a real long two weeks. They lied. That two weeks turned out to be two years, and we all lined up. We all lined up and said, yep, 
Yep, we need to do this to keep safe. All you have to do is open up a dictionary and it'll tell you what the definition is. The definition of quarantine. You don't quarantine well people. You quarantine sick people. So when I saw that they changed the definition of vaccine, they marched out somebody to say, I am science. You have to all agree with me. You can't go. No, you can't go talk to your own doctor. Forget the fact that there's hundreds of millions of people out there, but you can't talk to your own doctor. There's now only one doctor in all of the United States of America. And by the way, um, Mr. Fauci is not a practicing doctor. He doesn't have patience. He, he doesn't make rounds. He is an administrator. He is a bureaucrat. What he does do is make rounds to pharmaceuticals. He hands out millions and millions of dollars to universities and grants. That's what he does. He doesn't have patience. And as we've already discussed, these lockdowns happen. And in addition, we were told certain businesses, certain businesses are essential. Certain businesses are not essential. Hmm. Where does that come from? Where does that come from? Well, do a little digging. Look up the word fascism and you'll find out it's when the government is in cahoots with big business and they call the shots. Who are the winners? Who are the losers? And it takes different forms. But what happened two years down the road? Tens of thousands of businesses all across the United States of America. Tens of thousands out of business, gone. And who made money? Who stayed in business? Mm, the big box stores. The big box stores. And your online stores. They're the ones that made money. Billions and billions of dollars. So it just didn't add up. None of this add up, added up. The fear, the intimidation, the treating us like children, the getting rid of your personal doctor, having one person pretend to be science, and the elimination of tens of thousands of businesses, locking people into their homes so that they would listen to wall-to-wall fear day after day after day. Look, people are dying. Look, people are dying. Oh, no. Now, I'm not making light of the fact that people died during this period. Yes, people did die. But look at the facts. Very, very interesting. Very, very interesting. Look at the facts. We'll dig into this in a future show, but during the period that was the pandemic, 2020, 2021, during that period of time and into part of 2022, what happened? Very interesting. COVID-19 solved the flu, cured the flu. The flu went away. Yeah. Yeah. Flu deaths plummeted. COVID-19 deaths soared. Huh. How did that happen? It happened because of a tweak in the way they counted deaths, COVID deaths, which was dying with COVID. Heck, you could be in a car accident. But then they say you died with COVID. 
Well, I guess it wasn't the car accident that killed you. It must have been the COVID. No, no, but he was in a car accident. He, yeah. No, he was with COVID. And it gets deeper. It gets deeper, folks. But we're going to get into that in future. Um, the payoffs, the payoffs to the hospitals, the payoffs to the um, to the medical providers. If they died with COVID, very large payoffs in the tens of thousands of dollars. So I've digressed a bit, but that's painting the picture. And now you're very clear why I call it the jab and I don't call it the vaccine. So blessing by way of medicine. These pastors preach COVID-19 vaccination. And so this story from ABC News, March 15, 2021, followed the previous story that we heard, which was uh, Andy Stanley shutting down this large church, setting the example for the rest of the country. Shut down. Be in fear. Be in fear, everyone. And uh, this story used what we call the sandwich format. They had pastors that were uh, getting the jab. You saw a video of a pastor getting the jab and then walking around his community and, and trying to convince people to take the jab, people that didn't want to. Uh, or they were skeptical. Well, they should be skeptical. And then we have this next part of the story. This is the middle of the sandwich. So you've got good pastors. They're for the jab. Now you've got bad pastor, not for the jab. Okay, who's the bad pastor? Well, the antagonist in the story is Pastor Tony Spell, Baton Rouge, Louisiana. Let's get this a listen. You might have heard about Pastor Tony Spell of the Apostolic Pentecostal Life Tabernacle Church in yes, Baton Rouge, Louisiana. God, you've been good to me, Jesus. He's been arrested more than 30 times since the pandemic began for defying emergency public health orders in Louisiana that prohibited large gatherings. For 61 years, our local congregation has never missed a service. Their families are in this church. Their finances are in this church. Their faith is in the church. The church is everything to us. It is a conviction for us. Among their congregation of several thousand, Pastor Spell says they only had one debt that was determined to be related to COVID-19. One of the church's lawyers, a close friend of Spell's, was hospitalized and severely ill with COVID. It made no difference. Did that make you think twice? This is real. Mm -hmm. this, is, this can be devastating. Mm -hmm. Did that make you think twice? Never thought twice. When you have a religious conviction, nothing's going to separate you. The charges against Tony Spell are currently pending. He is separately challenging the constitutionality of the governor's orders. That matter is currently on appeal in the federal courts. His attorney tells ABC News they are confident they will win. All right, we're going to dig into this story. So this is Pastor Tony Spell, Baton Rouge, Louisiana. And um, he... Um, has a church that is, well, they have thousands of members. They're not as large as Andy Stanley's church. Perhaps they're only about 10% the size. If Andy's got 30,000 and Pastor um, Tony Spell has 3,000, it's only a tenth the size. But there's something different. There's a reason why they picked Tony Spell to be in the middle of this eight-minute piece on ABC News. Because Tony Spell is, or he represents, he's, he's the antagonist in the story, bad pastor. He's not going along with the narrative. 
He doesn't want to tell the congregation to take the jab. He won't take the jab himself. And, oh no, he won't shut down his church. He won't shut it down. And in fact, he's been arrested 30 times. 30 times. Well, I'm going to fast forward. This was March 15, 2021. Now, the case did go to court. They mentioned that it was in court during this, when this story was put out. Let's fast forward what happened um, in the future. May 16, 2022. Okay, this is a story in the Christian Post. Pastor Tony Spell plans to file suit over arrests after court win. Wait, what a moment. What, what, what did it say? A court win? According to the story, two days after the Supreme Court of Louisiana found that Governor John Bell Edwards' stay-at-home order during the early days of COVID-19 pandemic was unconstitutional. Let me repeat that. It was unconstitutional. It violated the religious freedom of Pastor Tony Spell of Life Tabernacle Church. He announced that he would be filing a lawsuit for his wrongful arrest. That's Tony Spell saying, hey, I'm going to file a lawsuit. Quote, Friday, May 13th, this is Pastor Tony Spell. Quote, Friday, May 13th, 2022 was a bad day for socialism, communism, tyranny, Satan. But it was a landmark day for the freedom of religion, the Constitution of the United States and God's Holy Word. Unquote. Spell declared this from the pulpit of his church. Now, in the opinion that reversed the criminal charges against Spell for violating Edwards' orders, William J. Crane, this is the Associate Justice of the Supreme Court of Louisiana, okay, he noted, quote, in this criminal proceeding, we will we find certain provisions of two executive orders as applied to the defendant, that would be Tony Spell, violate his, Tony Spell's, fundamental right to exercise religion. Oh, oh really? So a pastor's right to exercise religion, the court says it was infringed upon. He says it doesn't survive strict scrutiny, and thus the charges are unconstitutional. Imagine that. Imagine that, telling a pastor that he cannot meet, telling a pastor that he can't do what pastors do, preach on Sundays. Imagine that it was unconstitutional for the governor, for the governor of Louisiana, William J. Crane, Associate Justice of Supreme Court, said that it was unconstitutional for the governor of Louisiana the governor's name is, again, John Bell Edwards. It was unconstitutional for the governor to take such actions and try to stop this congregation from meeting. Of course it was unconstitutional. We've got the First Amendment. We've got the right of assembly, right of free speech, right? Right? Huh. wonder why... 95% of the churches in the United States of America caved. And the majority of the largest churches in America caved. Huh. I wonder why. All right. Story continues. 
Now, this gets really interesting. Okay, this is Tony Spell. He says, we're filing this week for wrongful arrests, forbidden to leave the front door of our house, ankle bracelet, and shame, humility, damage, irreparable damage done to us. So we're going after them now. Ha! How about that? How about that? They put an ankle bracelet on the pastor. This is something that criminals wear. And he had not been convicted of any crime. But they, they said, you can't leave your house. We're going to put an ankle bracelet on you. We're going to track you. Can you imagine? Can you imagine in the United States of America? Can you imagine now? Can you imagine what if instead of only 5% of the churches in the United States of America saying no to this oppression, no to this shredding of our constitutional rights, what if 51% of the churches had said no, blank, blank, no, hell no, we're not going to do that. Uh Uh-uh. Fill in whatever you want. Um, But that's not what happened. They caved. They caved. It was a test. Folks, this was a test. And I'm sorry to say, we failed. Now, look, if you're not a church-going person, then it really doesn't make any difference to you. You don't care. Um, You don't go to church anyway. And you can still go to your big box store, you can get your food, um, and later on, you probably got your jab and your COVID passport and because you lived in a big city, and then you could go get your latte, and everything was fine, and you can go to your concerts because the concerts were only allowing people that were jabbed to go in, and you had to show some proof. Um, all of this is about fear and then it became about tracking. Do you, re- do you remember that? Do you remember that? The tracking part? Tracing? Contact tracing? Remember those phrases? Yeah. And in fact, in certain states, in certain large cities, they did roll out these vaccine passports. Okay, now you're nothing but an IP number. Everywhere you go, you're tracked when you go in and out, in and out. And in fact, when you listen to the piece a little more in depth um, and you read up on why Andy Stanley decided to shut it down, it was because, well, we can't do the contact tracing, you know? Who knows? Maybe he was lawyered up and his lawyer said, well, you know, this could be a real problem. Maybe it's just better to shut it down. Well, look... This is not the program where we're queuing up Andy Stanley to throw stones at. Andy Stanley is only representative of hundreds, thousands, thousands upon thousands of churches across America. Andy just happened to be an easy target, an easy target because he was available. CNN is in Atlanta, Georgia. And so is Andy Stanley's large church. So, you know, they set him up. They set him up, folks, and they set him up good. 
So, we continue with the story. Pastor Tony Spell. And uh, to me, Pastor Tony Spell is the hero of the story. He's pushing back. He says no. And so it's important that, uh, that we look um, past the initial story, which was, came out in ABC News March 15, 2021, and we look at this um, article that came out in May 16, 2022, Pastor um, Tony Spell exonerated of all charges. All right, and and I I think it's going to be worth it uh, in a future podcast to take a, continue to follow this story and see um, how how it's gone, how it continues to go. Is he continuing to be hassled um, by the government, by the governor, and others? Well, it really sets up what I call a, uh, a um, either or or a false dichotomy fallacy. Now, a fallacy is a mistaken reasoning. It's a type of argument that may be seen to be correct, but that proves upon examination not to be so. Fallacies can be formal or informal. And in this case, what they're doing in this story, in this piece by ABC News, the false dichotomy, the either-or moral decision that they're setting up. In this case, it's informal in that, hey, this is the moral thing you have to do. But then it becomes formal when you've got the governor of the state of Louisiana coming after a church and arresting a pastor multiple times and then putting an ankle bracelet on him and treating him like a federal criminal. Okay? So, but it's a false dichotomy. Because those aren't the two choices. The choices aren't for the jab or against the jab. There's many other choices. You could be against the jab, but you could be doing your research to find out why are you against the jab. Can other doctors verify it? Are, are there, were there enough tests done? Were there proper trials Are people getting sick because of the jab in other countries? We need to exercise our own critical thinking. Who is Anthony Fauci? Why is he standing up and proclaiming himself as science? Why does he want to get us to ignore our God-given reason why, why are hospitals telling us and doctors telling us, just stay home, lock yourself in your home. Don't even come into the hospital unless you're really, really, really sick. Why is all this going on? There's more than just two choices here. What is the third choice? The third choice is to prepare. The third choice is to get early treatment. That when you have symptoms, you go look for a doctor that will actually treat those symptoms. And we found out there were doctors. Dr. Zelenko is one. Dr. Stella is another one. Peter McCullough. There were many. And they saved thousands and thousands of lives. But you know what? That third story wasn't out there. Are there other medicines? Well, ivermectin, 
Hydroxychloroquine? Oh, no, you don't want to talk about that? Those, no, ivermectin, evil, bad. No, hydroxychloroquine, evil, bad. Uh-huh, yeah, right. Story came out, or actually a study came out in The Lancet. Lancet is one of the foremost medical journals in the world. Yeah. Turned out the whole study was completely bogus. I believe it had to do with... Um, what we're talking about, early treatment. They did not want people to take ivermectin. They did not want people to take hydroxychloroquine. And these weren't wonder drugs, one drug and or medicine, one prescription and everything is better. There were all sorts of things. Vitamin D3, vitamins, uh, zinc, vitamin C, Many things. Dr. Zelenko is one of the doctors that, that treated people early. And thousands of lives were saved. But people were not encouraged to think on their own. People were not encouraged to reject the false dichotomy. People were not thinking that, hey, this doesn't make sense that they're telling my doctor, my personal physician that I've been going to for decades, that he can't practice medicine, that I have to just sit in my house in fear until I'm so sick, I go crawling into the front door of the hospital and they stick me on a ventilator and maybe I'll survive or maybe I'll die. Uh, That's not medicine. That's not modern science. That's genocide. Well, I'm going to cue us up for the um, final part of this story. Franklin Graham was the final person that was interviewed. Remember I talked about the sandwich format? So the good pastors were in the beginning. They were getting the jab, encouraging their people to get the jab. We didn't play that because, it. well, we didn't have time for all of that. Then we had Tony Spell, bad pastor, who I believe is the good pastor because he didn't go along with the narrative. He pushed back on the narrative. Now we've got Franklin Graham. Let's take a listen. And it's not just the Pope. Franklin Graham, son of famed evangelist Billy Graham, told us he's taken the vaccine as well. First left Charlotte, he left on that train. We met him on the grounds of the Billy Graham Library in Charlotte, North Carolina, his father's boyhood home. And God needs you in his kingdom. My father believed in, in modern medicine. If any time there was a, a, a vaccine or something that could help protect you, he, he, he was an advocate for it. He took it. I believe that it's consistent with Scripture that we protect our lives and do whatever we can to save life. So I don't have any problem with... Um, telling a person to take an aspirin or telling a person to have a vaccine. For Graham and for many people of faith, the vaccines are a proof of God's love. I thank God for the doctors and the researchers that have put this time and effort and money to develop these these vaccines. And I, I hope that the American people will use them. With so many struck down by the coronavirus, Graham takes issue with those who use their pulpits to preach against the vaccine. Well, I would hope that the pastors in the pulpit would tell people how they can be saved from God's judgment, and that's through faith in Jesus Christ. I think a pastor to tell uh, someone not to take the vaccine um, is, is problematic. So there it is again, the false dichotomy. 
take the vaccine or don't take the vaccine. How about don't take the vaccine, find a doctor who understands early treatment, have your ivermectin, hydroxychloroquine, vitamin D3, zinc, C, all ready to go in case you do get sick. So if you do get the coronavirus, you're ready to go and you can take an alternative treatment to getting this jab, which was not tested properly, which only was released to the public through an emergency use authorization, which was only released under the EUA, which provided indemnification. Indemnification, what does that mean? It means you can't sue the the, um, uh, companies, the manufacturers of these jabs. You can't sue Pfizer. You can't sue Moderna. You can't sue Johnson & Johnson. You might take the jab and um, be Eric Clapton, and you're paralyzed. You're paralyzed. Your hands don't work. You, you, look, one of the most famous guitar players in the world, although eh, younger generation doesn't know who he is, but that's okay. He thought he would never play again. Easy to look up. Just look it up. It really did happen. So, hey, just as an interesting aside, when I moved to where I'm living now in the heartland of America, I had to go shopping for furniture. We needed a couch. Imagine that. Just had to buy a couch. How benign. We talked to the salesperson on the floor, salesperson on the floor, and she told us that her coworker just the day before took the jab and was paralyzed right on the floor, collapsed, legs didn't work, arms didn't work, had to make an emergency call to a friend. It be, Because it was a furniture store, they had chairs with wheels, which you would expect in a furniture store. They wheeled her out the front door. Now, why did that person tell me that? I didn't come in to find out about that story. I came in to buy a couch, which I did. I did buy a couch because I had been sitting on the floor. I didn't have a couch. But she was so distressed. She was so disturbed because her friend had collapsed, collapsed in front of her very eyes. She had taken the jab before she came to work and within just a few hours collapsed. Uh Uh-huh. So, yeah, it's an okay thing to question this jab. It's not safe. Now, look, I'm not using this as an opportunity to throw stones at Franklin Graham. I support his ministry. I support Samaritan's Purse. Personally, I have given money to Samaritan's Purse. They're an outstanding organization. They provide relief for the poor, particularly in disaster situations, when there's hurricanes, when there's floods, when there's earthquakes, so on and so forth. And they've been doing this for many, many years. So that's a good thing. It, really, what? and I know that Franklin Graham is saying things out of the, the goodness of his heart. There was a time when certain uh, inoculations, vaccines, so-and-so, uh, would save lives. Yes, I'm familiar with the polio vaccine, these different things that are available. In fact, I've taken shots against hepatitis when I've traveled to other countries. I've taken them. I'm not an anti-vaxxer. But the point is that the definition was changed. 
this mRNA thing is not a traditional vaccine. It actually tweaks with the molecules in your body. There's also lipid nanomolecules. There's also other things in that jab that are not safe, that are questionable. And so we really need to get down to it, and we will in future uh, episodes. Graphene oxide. Graphene oxide. What the heck is that doing in there? Okay, so folks, we're about to wrap it up. But um, again, this is what the news does. They tell you lies. They tell you lies and they push an agenda. They push a narrative. The name of this program is Narrative Wars, and that's what we do. We deconstruct the narrative, and we give you the tools so that you can be a critical thinker, so that you can deconstruct this yourself, so that you can understand when you're getting attacked by a false dichotomy, by an either-or, when in fact there are more choices than those two. And as we outlined, hey, there were other ways to go. You didn't have to take the jab. You could get early treatment. You could talk to and look up Dr. Stella's treatment. You could look up Dr. Zelenko's treatment. You could see what Dr. Peter McCullough was doing. There were many other options. But see, that narrative was completely shut down. Completely shut down. In fact, when anybody would, um, when doctors would speak out and say, hey, there's, a, there's another choice here. It's not a dichotomy. There's another choice. There is early treatment. What would happen? They'd get censored. Shut them down. Misinformation. Don't want to do that. That's another reason why I knew this was all a lie. This was all propaganda and that there was something wrong, something wrong. And they were setting us up for a type of genocide, if not a physical death, a death of the mind, a death where you're, you're no longer a critical thinker, a death where some bureaucrat in Washington, D.C. that you don't even know, who doesn't even have patience, is now telling your doctor what he'd do, and your doctor just caves your doctor caves, and so basically the entire medical system has been corrupted. Well, folks, we're going to wrap it up here. I thank you for joining me for this first edition of Narrative Wars. And that's our program for today, everyone. If you've got feedback or suggestion for future programs, um, you can contact our producer at feedback at narrativewars.org. That's feedback at narrativewars.org. And until next time, fellow lovers of liberty, may the Lord bless you and keep you. We the people are sick and tired.